going to touch the tip of the iceberg on something that I probably don't have a huge, full understanding. And I think we could say that about a lot of things that we speak on. It's like to, to speak, you read something and you see something and you're like, oh man, this is good. But you don't necessarily have the history and experience. But So I'm just asking you to join me to and to have your ears open to touch the tip of this iceberg this morning. And it's it has to do with grace. It has to do with grace. And I've looked a little bit at, at grace over the years and kind of been developing my thoughts on what grace is. And in Second Timothy, the Apostle Paul encourages Timothy to stir up or fan into faith, stir up or fan into faith the flame that the gift of God is given him by laying out of hands. So what I feel like we're kind of heading into, and like Chuck kind of started it last week by kind of, you know, he's stirring up. It means there's maybe something has settled on the bottom of the pot, or maybe that the, the you know, the dirt has not been stirred up in the pond in a while, or pool, and you know, it's good stuff that we want to stir this up or fan it into flames because maybe it's gone a little dormant or cold, or we haven't addressed it lately and started digging into it. And that's what I felt like God was leading me to kind of just, okay, so you don't know everything about this, just kind of go in and stir up the pot, you know, um, in a good way. So stirring up the good in the good way. And in, in the last couple of weeks, I don't know if it was this last week or the week before, um, I had this thought. And um, I don't know if any of you are you call it introspective at all that sometimes introspection is good sometimes it's not and I had this thought and I was thinking you know I wished I, I wondered if I could have been a better father I wished I could have done a better father to my kids do, done some things different you know been in not because things are so bad but I you know you look back and you go, oh I could have done this I could have done that and I felt like when I had that thought that God said oh yeah so like what and I was like oh um, well, you know, and I started making my list. Started my, like, making my list of things that I thought I could have done better. I didn't ask Beth for her list <laughs> of what I could have done better. I, I had a big enough list of my own. And, um, so I, I gave my list and then he said, oh, I felt like he kind of just, this was kind of nonchalant. He just says, Oh, oh, so, so you believe in works, not grace. And I was like, uh, I, I, I don't know. That's a good question. Cause he kind of put it as a statement, but it was, it was a question. So he believed in works, not grace. And I was like, hmm, well, let's rethink that. Let me think about that. You know, it's not so bad to think that I want to do better, but there's this thing called grace, this gift of grace that we've been given that um, as Christians, as believers, that's how we are supposed to operate. That's how we're supposed to get the work done. It's not, not that we're not supposed to work, but it's how we're supposed to get the work done. And so I started looking at that this morning um, a little bit, and um, as I feel like I was supposed to, and I think it was Tasia who had mentioned a couple weeks ago to us that we should talk about grace a little bit. But in the moment, I was like, I don't know what I would say about grace right now. I don't, and, but when I had this little conversation with, with God, I was like, this is, there's something to talk about, right? How am I operating? What am I operating from? And, um, and so, you know, I, I think I was thinking if I just worked a little bit harder or maybe if I tried to read 
a few more books, or maybe if I was more disciplined in certain areas, then I could have made things better. But in Christ, um, grace is always available when we reach the end of our rope. Or should we falter or miss the mark, grace is available. When we say that we need grace in an area, it also is not an excuse to fail. All right? Um, saying I need grace in an area doesn't give me the excuse to not do anything. Grace isn't a cover-up. It's not a cover-up. Most of us are well taught enough and acknowledge that we are saved by grace. We are probably, like if I asked you all, you'd probably say, yes, I'm saved by grace. And, um, and, and sometimes I think that as I live my life out, I kind of forget that I also am supposed to live my life by grace. It's grace is that he did the work that we couldn't. In Romans eleven six, Paul is in, in verse five. He brings up there was a remnant chosen by grace, and he says in verse six, "But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works, since otherwise grace is no longer grace." What works can't obtain is obtainable by the gift of grace. See, works can't obtain my salvation. And we all probably acknowledge it, but we all probably find ourselves like I was trying to figure out how I could do things better on my own or wishing instead of tapping into the grace of God. So we're going to see if we can look a little bit deeper into grace today. And... uh, I'm going to bring up the Old Testament word for grace. And the Old uh, Testament word for grace is kane. And kane is, and I think that's how you pronounce it. I tried to do my best on that. Kane means favor. It's, it's favor with God. It's favor with man. It also refers to the elegance of a woman, like she comes walking in very graceful, right? And so in the Old Testament, there is grace. It's favor. It's God's favor. In the New Testament, the word for grace is charis. And charis means favor, but it also means kindness. And according to Strong's concordance, charis is mostly used to describe the Lord's favor, the Lord's favor, right? We're going to emphasize the Lord's favor that is freely extended to give himself away to people because he is always leaning toward them. We want to remember this. This is freely extended to give himself away. Because he is always leaning towards them. He wants, the Lord wants to give himself away to you. He's not asking you just to come to him. He's actually coming to you. And he wants to give of himself. Grace is not working for favor. Instead, favor is given to get the work done. Grace is not working for favor. Favor is given to get the work done. If Jesus is giving himself away, what is he actually doing? What does that mean? So when you give yourself to someone, you are saying that I am at your disposal. I'm at your disposal. When I married Beth, I gave myself to her. Now, the things that she can't do get done because I can do them. 
I know it's hard to believe that there's some things that she can't do. It's hard for me to believe. But fixing the car is one of them. Like she could go out and try to fix the car and try to work, 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 work at it. And she may never get anywhere. She might be able to hire someone to do it. But when she asks me to do the work for her, I extend grace. I freely give myself to that. And it can be just as much to her credit that the work got done as it was that I did it in grace. It's freely extending myself. What I have is yours now. That's what Jesus has done for us. What I have done and what I have is now yours. That's grace. (laughs) And now, I actually think women are a little better at this than guys. Like, they're really good at giving of themselves without asking for things back. And I'm just basing that off of my own experience and probably judging myself a little bit in that. So guys, don't, you know, if that's not you, that's okay. But women are really good at extending grace without, like, they see things that need to be done and they just do it. And you might get the credit for it and they don't care. They don't care. They just, they just let you get the credit for it. And I think this is just how the Lord operates sometimes. And I actually think we need to ask for grace a lot more than what we do. I think we need to learn to walk in grace. Remember, grace is not working for favor. Instead, favor is given to get the work done. Listen, grace gives us the ability to do the things We don't think we can as opposed to covering up the things that we shouldn't. Like, I think sometimes that we think that's what grace is, is a cover-up. Like, grace is going to cover up the things that we shouldn't do. But actually, grace gives us the ability to not do those things. Gives us the ability to do the things that we don't think we can or that we shouldn't do. It goes both ways. Grace empowers you to do the things that you, you, you can't do on your own whether they're good or bad, and, 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 and God will give you the ability to not do it or to do it. But a lot of times we want to use the word grace to cover up what we think we shouldn't have done. Well, it's all covered under grace. It's all kind of under, covered under grace. But um, when it comes to sin and grace, we, we shouldn't be asking for grace to cover sin, but to empower us to overcome it. In Romans 5.21, it says, The law came in so that the offenses would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. See, just because there wasn't a law didn't mean it wasn't sin. It was still sin, but without the law, people weren't aware that it was sin, but it was still sin. It's like, okay, if I didn't tell my kid to not play in the street, and he played in the street and got injured or something like that, would he? Would it be like, oh, well, it... It, would it be okay? No, he's like just because he didn't know there was a rule that you're not supposed to play in the street, was it okay that he did? No, there's still danger out there. And sometimes I think, like just in in the in the past when before the law, there's still things that were sin. Yeah, I I, I wasn't planning on going here. I'm not going to go as far as I kind of wanted to. But but in Adam and Eve, there wasn't a law that said. Don't eat the apple. Don't eat the trim the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There weren't laws. The law wasn't in place. It was an God asking them to be obedient, and it was disobedience that happened in there. It was a relational breakup. 
It wasn't a law breaking. They didn't break the law. They broke the relationship. And so, you know, we could carry that on and go about how the law was established and then you knew. But as, as, as laws keep getting added to, as we find out what the law actually is, we become aware of what sin actually is and it actually shows us the need for grace. Just because, uh, just because there's an increase in sin, let me start back over on that. But where sin increases, as grace abounded all the more. And I believe sometimes that people think that I can sin a lot and, and grace will cover it. Grace will make it okay. And I don't believe that's what grace is. It just means that where there's a lot of sin, there's more grace to empower you to overcome it than there is sin to defeat you. Does that make sense to you? There's like Just because there's lots of sins out there and you falter and fall doesn't mean that there's not enough grace to get you through all that to empower you to overcome it. That's what we want to become is overcomers. Like overcoming sin isn't overlooking it for what it is. That's not, that's not how grace works. It's not, overcoming sin isn't overlooking for it. It's empowering us to, um, to not sin. Empowering us to, it, it, when we say, when I say grace isn't covering sin, what I do want us to remember that it says that love covers a multitude of sin. I think that we forget that actually it's not grace that covers sin, it's love that covers a multitude of sin. 1 Peter 4 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Like this is between you and your friends. You can say you and God too, if that's what you're trying to keep upright. But really, he said, Love covers a multitude of sins. So you, because I have love, because I'm patient, because I'm kind, all those things that love is, and because God is love, now your Stuff I can cover. I can cover that. Your stuff, your sins against me, your wounds, your hurts, whatever they are that get thrown at us, my offenses that I could have towards you that maybe you did towards me, it's like love covers that. It doesn't necessarily expose it. We tend to do a great job of covering our sins and exposing everybody else's. Love doesn't promote sin or ignore it. It covers it. It doesn't condone it. It just covers it. When you choose to look past one sin, you're not giving grace to that person. You're choosing to love. If you want to give grace to that person then you are going to be the empowerment that helps them get that stuff out of them. If they're asking for help, then you can help them. You can freely extend yourself. But if they aren't asking for help, you may just have to cover it with love and let God work. Like, if you want to be graceful to them, you're going to help them get out of the mess that they're in without judging, without condemning, in patience. What fun is that? 
Grace is the gift of God to us to overcome. That's how I'm looking at it. It's, it's a gift that as Jesus freely extends himself, his ultimate gift was he covered everything. He, 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 he extended himself to the point where he took everything on the cross. so that we can be empowered to overcome. He overcame sin and death. And now that we are in Christ, we have the ability to overcome sin and death in Christ. You might think that grace is undeserved favor, and I'll give you that. That's okay. I think we can look into that. A little bit and, and have that mentality. But honestly, when you become saved, you're not a saved sinner. You're a saint. And now you have the right to everything that Jesus died for. And if he died for the, to overcome sin and death, then he's can empower you to overcome sin and death. He wants us to be overcomers. And I know that a lot of this this morning sounds like I'm, I'm hammering sin, but I'm, I'm just using it as example to explain grace. Because, like I said earlier, I think that as we remember we're saved by grace, what is coming for the future of us to really rise up and to be, to be that, that, um, that, that joyful, I have a whole list of stuff here gone. There we go. To, 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 to be that joyful person, to embrace joy to embrace righteousness, to be in the kingdom of God with righteousness, peace, and joy, to, to, to embrace callings, to find your to giftings and destiny, to have good relationships, to be really efficient in your jobs. His grace is sufficient in all of that, and it is going to be necessary. It won't be by our works. It may be by our work, but it's not going to be by our works. It's not going to be trying to gain his favor and trying to gain grace. He's going to give grace for us to do that. Because it's so much better than what we can do on our own. We're supposed to be light, salt and light to the world. And in grace, in all of those areas, if we start learning to walk in grace, it takes us out of the works mentality. And, you know, I got caught in it two weeks ago. I could have just done this better. I could have done that better. I would have done this. I would have done that. What, what if I would have said, God, your grace is sufficient for me. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. Will you empower me with your grace? Will you... Um, Infuse me with me. Will you apply grace? Will you help me do things that I can't do on my own? If we're going to overcome the world, we're going to have to have something better than just our own abilities. If we're going to be the most joyful people in the planet. We're going to have to, like, man, I'm, I'm going to will myself into being joy. I think, I think there is some truth to Chuck saying choosing joy. God, I am choosing joy, but I also choosing to recognize that you are my source, that you are infusing me with grace. Grace is powerful. It's not greasy. I've heard that. It's greasy grace. 
There was a grace message that went around for years that said everything was okay, everything's covered under grace, and that's that, that, that's what caused the pot to settle, things to settle at the bottom. It, it, when we see something, when we preach something wrong, or we get something not quite right, and something happens in the church for a while, and you know we, we, we make error, or we swing too far in one direction, it causes us most of the time to say, let's not talk about this anymore. Let's just shut it down. Well, now we forget what is one of the essential core pieces of how we do things. And so be sure that you understand that I don't think that grace makes sin okay. Or that be sure that you know that I believe that grace can help us overcome anything. Anything. Any challenges. The merger, it has its challenges. Marriage has its challenges sometimes. People, any time we have people, we're going to have people problems, right? I haven't seen anywhere that isn't like that, whether it's a church or job. But His grace is sufficient for me. And I think it's time to start raising that flag of grace again. Let's not keep it at the bottom of the pot. Let's stir it up. Let's see if we can find out a little bit more of how far grace can take us into the, into the heart and the will of God. You want to see the kingdom come, the will be done on earth as it is in heaven? I'm going to need some grace. I'm going to need some supernatural empowerment. God, God's going to keep us humble in this. His presence shows up. I don't know how you can't be a little bit humble. I don't know how you can be bold and humble at the same time. I don't know how it works. Look at the disciples. Look at the messages they preached coming out of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Humbled, yet bold. Maybe you're with me in this pot of grace needs to be stirred in you this morning. Maybe there's, maybe there's something inside of you that you've all of a sudden realized you're like, I've been working for this. And God, I want to do the work that you have for me, but I want to know that I'm empowered by you. I've been beating my head against the wall. (laughs) And I'm going to ask, if you just close your eyes, and if if that's you, that you need, I'm going to call it a revival of grace inside of you. Maybe somebody told you that that the wrong definition of grace. and, And right and wrong, that's kind of a... It's gray area on, on things, but like maybe you've strayed away from grace because you heard a bad message that everything's okay. But God wants to infuse his grace into us this morning. This is how we do things. I want you just to like raise your hand if you're, if everybody's eyes closed and just receive this prayer. This, this raising your hand isn't making you come up and do anything today. You're just acknowledging God. I need your grace this morning. Holy Spirit. Give us the spirit that empowers to overcome. You are worthy of it all. We love you, Jesus. Lord, I just bless each hand that's raised today and bless each heart that says, I'm with you, God. Use me. I'm afraid of the impossible a little bit. But I'm going to move as grace comes to me. Thank you for... Uh, everything that you did on the cross for us, Lord, that made it possible to overcome sin and death, but also to move forward into all that you've called us to do. 